oh, before I got there, man, I was so afraid. I thought my dreams was dead. I thought like it was over for me in that process. I thought it was so over. And I just like, my coach said, you know, just go to junior college for this detour. And I just stayed with it. I went to the junior college, you know, I, I used that pain of not being able to go through that college to use it for good, which is to like, you know, dominate no matter where I was going to go. What's up, people? Welcome to the Dear Young Athlete podcast, where we talk to athletes and coaches about their journeys and what advice they would give to a younger version of themselves. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. You can call me JT. If you want to hear my story and why I do this podcast, that will be in episode number one. But enough about me today. I have a very special guest. This man here today, he is a husband. He is a father. He is a former Division I football player and junior college All-American football player. He's a coach, he's a trainer, he's a church planter. I don't know if there's anything he can't do. He's an entrepreneur. Um, above all that, though, he's a, a man of God, someone I've known personally, I've coached with. He is my friend, somebody I look up to. Without further ado, Roger Ross. Roger, what's happening? What's up, good people? What's up, JT, man? So glad you have me on this uh, podcast. This is my first one, man, and I'm glad to be uh, excited to do it with my brother, man. My brother in Christ, my brother. Just I'm just excited for this opportunity to better share what God has been doing through me and throughout my whole life, man, and just thank you for this opportunity to be able to share what is given to me and give it back, man. So I'm excited for this. Amen. <laughs> amen. It's going to be a good one. So <laughs> Roger, obviously, you know, you were a, a D1 football player. Um, now you're a coach, you're a trainer, but take us back. Where did it all start for you with sports? Oh uh, yeah, man. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm the oldest of, of seven, six of seven of them. I'm the oldest of seven. Uh, uh, my athletic, uh, my old athletic journey started there in Denver, Colorado. I, I started out playing baseball, man. I'm a baseball guy. Uh, I've been playing baseball since I was seven years old. Uh, that was my first, first organized sport that I was a part of. Uh, that was my whole, uh, about four years into that. Uh, that's when it started for me in Denver. Uh, you know, it was it was great uh, experience. Uh, you know, I came from an athletic background. My father is a, was very athletic in, in Kansas. He's not even from uh, uh, Denver, but he lived, moved from Kansas to be there. Uh, so he got us started early at an early age, man. We got we was uh, especially with baseball. Uh, then I started playing football at the age of nine, about nine or ten. I started playing football. That was the first organized football I've been a part of too, and uh, I was I was shocked, man, because the uh, the level of physical uh, uh, ability that you had to have in that game, I was scared. Mm. Uh, it was crazy. I was scared going and playing football at a young age, and uh, one of my coaches put us through the fire playing football. 
he had to make all t- uh, everybody. You had to get hit by all the older upper class, older, the older uh, levels. So he, mm-hmm. you had to get hit by every one of those big boys to make sure that you uh, are not scared at all. We, uh, you had the coach put us in a fire early to get that scaredness out of us with pads. Uh, so that's how uh, I, I play football there for the Marbella Falcons in, in Denver, Colorado, one of the uh, great youth programs there. Uh, so many great athletes came out of that program. Man, I was it was a privilege to be a part of that. So that's how I started there, my uh, whole athletic career. Been playing, you know, I played baseball all my life. So like I said there, I like, uh, I'm a multiple sport athlete, man. I love all sports. I played football, baseball, basketball, all at my, uh, at the younger levels. And I just love that part of it. I've uh, been, uh, like I said, I've just been doing that for years. Uh, but my big, my, my first love is baseball, man. Like I, mm. I absolutely loved it. Uh, started there uh, with middle school, playing baseball, then high school, uh, moved into high school, played for, you know, went to college, went to high school at Thomas Jefferson uh, Spartans there in, in, in T, called TJ in Denver, Colorado. Uh, uh, went play uh, all three sports there in high school mm. uh, where I, uh, baseball, uh, football, uh, I started, you know, when I got back, I didn't play football again. After my uh, my first year of playing football, I didn't play it again until I was in high school. Mm. So I the reason why, because we didn't have the funding. My mom didn't have funding. She was a single mom. My dad was, you know, he was doing best he can. Uh, but I didn't play football again until I got in high school after I, after my first year, literally. So wow. I, I started, started playing football again in high school. Uh, then uh, it just took off from there. My, you know, sophomore, junior year. Sophomore freshman year, started playing varsity my sophomore year, uh, yeah. and all that. So you know, played all three sports in high school as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny what you said about football. I've heard NFL interviews of like guys saying, "I came home from practice and I quit because I couldn't <laughs> take the uh, the hitting, but I stuck with it and." And then they're in the NFL, but you gotta you gotta get used to it a little bit. Um, it's a different a different beast. Oh, it's a totally different beast. So totally different beast. You're in high school and you make varsity as a sophomore. What positions are you playing? And then and then how does that begin to inform? your college pursuit and, and kind of what, what do you start thinking for after high school? Yeah. So I played, uh, I grew up playing wide receiver all like I was playing wide receiver in middle and then when I was little league, then it just translated into high school, played wide receiver. I was a punt returner as well. Uh, you know, I made the debut, you know, there was these upperclassmen that I, you know, coach, it was good, but I coached like my abilities, the, uh, the quickness, that I had, he wanted to play me, uh, you know, I took, you know, he played me as, as a sophomore in varsity on football, but I played, uh, going back to that, I played baseball as a, a varsity as freshman. Mm. So I was a freshman playing varsity baseball. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even, yeah. So, you know, that was, like I said, it was my first love. And then baseball was like going there. And then football was the first sport I played in high school. Cause you know, fall sport. So that's what, 
it turned into, and I had a great coach, man. I had a great coach that truly believed in me, man. Like, mm. you know, I, I wanted to work and get better, but he saw something in me that, that, that the drive that I had to keep getting better. And, you know, so that was uh playing wide receiver learning. He named, you know, one of my wide receiver coaches, Tony Lindsay and my head football coach was, um, Coach Oliver Lucas, man, these 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 are big time uh, coaches that took over the program and kind of helped mold us as men and shaped us. So I, and he was a great he he was able to uh, get a lot of colleges to come to our school to mm-hmm. come watch us, uh, uh, come watch us play, which was powerful. And that's when I had the uh, opportunity to be able to show my my talents in practice, man. Like I'm a big time practice player. And uh, I believed in practice. So, like, uh, I wanted to perfect my craft. So after he gave me an opportunity, man, I started to uh, run with it. And, and uh, it started over these upperclassmen. And I started, you know, playing, you know, uh, sophomore. And then, you know, making all state as a, you know, made all conference as a football player, made all conference all three, four years in football, baseball. And I made all conference all state as a football player in high school. So that was a great journey, a great experience for me that I, I was like the, 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 my athletic journey, how it happened was that it's just, you know, the tenacity to, you know, keep going and playing uh, at the highest level was uh, at the high school level to give me that opportunity to show my, my abilities uh, to play. So that was a huge. And I played basketball for two, about three years. Mm. Uh, I had, I played basketball for three years in high school. I played as a sophomore, and a junior, I stopped playing my junior year because football and baseball was the major look for me, uh, major. So I stopped, even though I was playing varsity as as a uh, played varsity as a sophomore too mm. in basketball. So uh, I was I went to school. I played with I just left when Chauncey Billups was there and all that, you know. Uh, so that was Dang. a great experience to be around that. Uh, but I, yeah, for, but I had, I stopped playing. I had to pick and choose some uh, sport, but you know, I had football and baseball was my major two sports that got me to, uh, to the next level of my life, which was college. So you said something like that I think is important because you talked about a combination of your coach giving you opportunity and, and seeing your potential, but also you having work ethic and tenacity and man, when you show up every day and you give everything you have, it's a lot easier for people to give you an opportunity, man. So I I would tell that to young athletes, like, man, if, if you show up, you give it all you have, it makes it, way easier as a coach to be like, okay, I'm going to give him a chance. How does the college process look for you? You know, you got football, baseball, obviously successful in both. Where do you go from there? Yeah, man, I was, you know, like I said, the success, I was, I was all state uh, three years in a row in baseball. I was all state two years in a row in football. Uh, so man, but baseball crazy. I almost got drafted out of high school. I had, I went to a couple of tryouts to like Reds, Brewers, and Braves. I was invited to come to just try out, man. So that was a, like a powerful experience 
just to be able to do that, you know. But I, I could have went college playing baseball, but I man it was something about football. When you have a bunch of brothers, man, and and that drive, and I was all you know, I was getting off, I was getting D1 looks for football. I didn't really get any like D1 offers for baseball or anything like that, because I think they must have knew that I had a great opportunity to play at the highest level in football. So um, I, if I really wanted that, coach would have probably got me my baseball coach because Coach Chuck Gilman was uh, a great mentor too for me. And that's the thing, man. I would say I had great mentor coach. I had truly great coaches that just absolutely believed in me. And they knew where I came from. They knew I came from a hard area. They knew where I came from, a tough, uh, you know, really uh, tough area with a lot of gangs and shooting. Uh, and they really just, you know, uh, piggybacked on us. We had one of the high schools I was in the suburbs, but we would, they would, you know, you could go to a high school that can, that was able to take you. So that's where I ended up doing that. But man, I'll, it's all short story. Long story short, short, man, I just uh, uh, all of the football opportunities started to come in, man. So, so that's how that came. And then, man, uh, I, 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 you know, the one of the barriers to help uh, that got me to college that I kind of didn't didn't go well for me because it was tough at getting to college. I was I had all kind of full ride offers in my hand, but you know, back in the day, SATs and ACTs was the key. I had good grades, but my SATs didn't had to reflect that. Mm -hmm. So if you had a lower GPA, your your SA and ACTs had to be higher. So unfortunately, I had a full ride scholarship to go to all kind. I had Texas A and M. I have I had a I had Oklahoma State. I had I had Missouri. I had all kind of D one offers. You know Kansas. Mm -hmm. You know all kind of D one. Texas A and M was my favorite offer, but Kansas. You know they stayed with me. So uh, they was support me in that whole process because, uh, but I had to, I didn't really, I couldn't go straight to college out of high school because of my SATs and ACTs. Man, I had horrible test scores and I at least took the ACTs and ACTs like at least 10 times and I still couldn't pass. So mm. I had to go the detour route, which is junior college. Mm. So that's how I ended up uh, going to junior college. And one college that stood with me the whole time was KU. I had went to Garden City Community College. That's why I played uh, uh, football for the past those two years there. Well, I was two the first two time All American. Hmm. But man, I was so before I got there, man, I was so afraid. I thought my dreams was dead. I thought like it was over for me in that process. I thought it was so over, and I just like my coach said, you know, just go to junior college for these detour. And I just stayed with it. I went to the junior college. You know, I, I used that pain of not being able to go through that college to use it for good, which is to like, you know, dominate no matter where I was going to go because I was so in pain about that. It's, it's interesting for you that you were really trying like academically. Um, your grades weren't the issue and you took the SAC over and over for, for other people it's like they may have all the athletic talent but they're not trying academically but that wasn't even your story and then it's cool to see like you were in a place you easily could have gone two ways you could have gave up and just said oh um you know my dreams are crushed, but but you took that, and I 
what I see is like even you trying academically and building that habit, I think probably strengthened your character to help you be like what you said, like, okay, I'm going to junior college. Well, I'm going to make the most, I'm going to dominate, graduate and, and keep living. And man, look, look what happens when you don't give up. Most definitely. And it's crazy. That's crazy, man. Like, yeah, well, you don't give up, but also it's this, you have the, those distractions, you have those things in your life. Like even right after uh, junior college, I had to pass an English class of paper to go to KU. Hmm. I had to take English twice to order to get to KU. So I finally had to write a paper to pass to get to KU. Hmm. So like I was frustrated. I couldn't. I was like, "Dang, why does keep happening to me?" I t- SAT. Now I got to write a paper uh, that's gonna help me. And I didn't. I wrote the paper the first time, didn't pass. So I had to retake English again, and then and I finally passed it. But hmm. that's how I got to KU because I had to pass that English in order to get to KU. And I know now you have a master's degree and you're working on another master's degree. So anyone that hears this that's struggling in school, man, look look at that. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, man, God is good, man. I just, you know, going, seeing that whole process of the pain and struggle and the toughness that it took to uh, withstand that, those uh, obstacles, those those things that, that you thought was going to trip you up, but you found a way to uh, not make excuses, but adjust. Hmm. You know, you know, you're not making excuses for what you, your, your, your learning disability. You just make an adjustment. You just got to work. I'm working harder. I had to work harder. I had to put in a little bit of work. I had to go see tutors. I had to constantly go see tutors. I had to get up and, and it, it, it tastes that if you really hmm. want it, it, it took it to really, you got to seek the help around you to help you get to where you're trying to go. And that's what I think that's what really my, my strong suit was the really relying on my support system in that whole journey of going to uh, plan at the college level to get to, to the, uh, get to KU. And I bet you said no to a lot. You know, people are out just having fun, partying, playing video games, whatever. And you're, seeing tutors you're studying you're working out it's not just the easy smooth road right no so much distraction so many things is you know distractions will choke you from your future Mm. if you're not uh avoiding those distractions and seeing that and i i had to really i had to say no you know no means next you know no no means next opportunity and and I had to take the if I want this opportunity. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Break it down. Break it down. No means no next means next opportunity. opportunity. So Eesh. so when I you know I heard that that those no's in my night in my life, no, you ain't making the SAT. Okay, what's the next opportunity to persevere? No, I seen those no's in my life. And I had to say, there's the next opportunity. Not, no, it's not there. Because God tells he gives you three things. He says, yes, no, or not yet. Right? Mm-hmm. He says, yes, no, or not yet. 
there's been a night, so many night yes in my life, but I also, because I endured the night yet, I get to reap the yeses, mm. you know, because I endured the night yet. I, I was able to endure the yeses, and I've seen the yeses because you got to go through the, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. If I allow those fears to overtake me to my athletic journey or I'm not smart enough, I'm not there, I wouldn't have made it there, man. I would have never made it to KU. Uh, I would have never made it to uh, uh, that whole process of having that support system, man. Like that was huge for me. And taking advantage of the support system. There's too many, you know, athletes that don't are so prideful for help uh, that they're 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 just choking themselves out. They're taking themselves out because they're prideful for help. Which mm. I saw help is like if I'm gonna get to where I'm going, I have to break down that pride and ask for help. Mm. So that was a huge part of me when I, of the next opportunities in my life. Uh, no, you know, so that yeah. has, so. Yeah, that happened there. So I ended up playing football for University of Kansas, man, for three, two years. I was I was Big 12 honorable mention, uh, all Big 12 honorable mention as a punt returner slash wide receiver. Uh, so, I, you know, I made Big 12 honorable mention, man. So, you know, I, I, I didn't allow those 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 uh, distractions or d- that detour to stop me from where I was headed me to. The, yeah, I had to go a different route, but. Mm-hmm. I had to go a different way. It just took longer than yeah. most people. But sometimes God has to take you through those different routes so you can get the full experience so you can help somebody the same way the journey. Because not a, And there's a lot of people in my shoes. There's so many athletic. When I was in junior college, I played against some of the best athletes in the in the world that w- didn't make it because of their grades. Mm. You know, so being a part of that whole experience was great for my athletic journey, man. You know, I was, it was good. Uh, you know, being the first two-time All-American in junior college in, in Garden City history, two-time, first two-time mm-hmm. All-American. And, and I don't really talk about that, bro. Like, I didn't really literally start talking about my accomplishments to about two years ago, bro. Yeah. A lot of people didn't really know I was really like that. I was that dude. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, I didn't, because I would just try to be super humbled and just trust God in that whole process, man, just. I, and I was just, I didn't, I was just too humble sometimes. Now they have last chance you on Netflix, <laughs> yeah, but that was you. Hey, that was trade me. You would have been chance, uh, you for real, man. So you're playing at Kansas. You're uh, all big 12. I mean, take us through a little bit, just like what that was like and what it meant to you. And then, and kind of what happens after? Are you trying to go to the draft or or what happens there? Yeah. I made mean, like I said, uh, going to Kansas, I was the first one in the I was the first one in my family to go to college between my mom and dad. So, you know, I really relished that moment, man. I didn't I didn't want to waste no opportunity there. Uh I, you know, uh going through that whole experience, man. It's like a 40, it's like a uh 40 hour job when you go to college, man. It, hey, they got you. Uh, they pay you all that money for ride scholarship to keep making sure that you are doing the things necessary. They put all that money into you. So it's like a job. You got to get up in the morning for weights every morning at five or six o'clock in the morning. You got to get there, uh, go there. Then you got to go to school. Then you got got, then you got film session right after school. Then you got practice. 
You know, you got food in there, eating, you got studies, and you got tutors right after practice. Uh, you know, so there's there they you your your schedule is thick. You know, uh, your schedule is straight to a T. You know, about the time I'm done, that's like you know almost an eight hour job, eight hour day job. So like some people would you know when you that opportunity to play at that level, man, and, and to be a, a a starter in all big in Big Twelve, one of the best conferences in the country, you really got to bring your A game. You really got to uh. Uh, outwork people. I, my mindset was nobody will outwork me. Hmm. That was my whole mindset. I always told myself nobody will outwork me. And I would, I would get a man. I would run routes. I would do extra routes running, man. Quarterback, wide receiver. You know, you know, I, I would do that. My dad. I came from an athletic family, but then because they was athletic, don't mean I was gonna be athletic. I had to, you know, yeah, there has some genetics in there, but I, hmm. you know, if you don't sharpen that pencil, it's gonna get dull. Yeah. So I had to sharpen that. I had to sharpen my skills over and over. Yes, it was in me, but I had to make sure it stayed in me to and work and outwork. And plus, being five six, five seven, man, five seven. I'm the shortest player in college. One of them. So my size, I, my size was looked at the whole time, even in junior college. No, nobody thought I would be pretty good because of my size. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you already got a a a, a, a mark against you. Because of your, because of my size, you know, I was mm. five seven wide receiver, punt return, and you know that's what happened in that whole process. I had to always prove myself. I had to prove myself. Nothing was given to me. Oh, this two time All American. I went in there like, dude, I knew nobody would outwork me. I don't care what I was. I didn't feel privileged. I felt like it was a right to put in the work, and I, that was my mindset. I will outwork you. I would take advantage of my tutor's opportunity. That's free money. Plus, man, I didn't want to come home. I didn't want to come back home uh, to Denver because it was that was growing up there was tough. So I was like, I'm not going back home, whatever it is. I got to make sure that I, I I do everything I can to not get kicked out, to not do everything I can or fail my grades. So I had to stay on top of that and outwork people, you know, staying after practice, running routes uh, was huge for me. Uh, and then pump return. So that was a... a that was that experience, man. Taught me really how to be a man. Mm. Uh, you know, responsibilities. Uh, you really had to grow up on your own, man. You really had to grow up and 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 depend on that support system. Like I tell everybody, you if you are getting a scholar, if you in college and you a full ride scholarship or even that, you have no excuse not to fail, not to uh, not to uh, graduate mm. because they have every resource available to you. You know, so I took advantage of every resource possible that the college had KU gave me I think is one of the best uh colleges when it comes to just believing in the people mm-hmm. uh they believed in you as an athlete they didn't they saw you more than just an athlete because you know there's organizations out there that don't even see that they just see you just an athlete but they saw me as a, a leader they saw me as a example and a role model and they believed in me so mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't start unless I didn't believe in myself because if I didn't believe in myself nobody else wouldn't so I had a belief system I had a confidence about me that I don't care who you is you six seven I'm still gonna outwork you because mm-hmm. my work hard work don't lie you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. hard work don't lie and I was a big part of that for my whole experience man it's like I had to put in the work extra because I was short I yeah. wasn't the quickest either I had to put in the extra work so that whole experience taught me to really uh, uh accountability just really go at it you know really go at it uh in that whole process. Hmm. So then 
you graduate, you know, do you, do you try out with anyone or? Yeah. So I had the combine. So we had the combine. I didn't get invited to the big combine, but you know, they had combine combines for your, your, your college for KU. So pros would come in there. Uh, Pros would come to the, the campus to uh, evaluate you, see if you, you have potential to play in the NFL. Uh, man, so before that, I was working out hard with another trainer. Man, I ain't never felt so much in shape in my life. I was I, I ran so much faster than I ever ran. I ran a 4-4 flat ever. Ooh. Man, and uh, I was doing that. But, man, the crazy thing happened to me. Look, another detour, another thing happened. Man, I, got, I had caught hives before the draft, before the combine. I got hives. I broke out in hives two days before because I was super nerd. I was super geeked because I was, I don't know what was going on. And I was so weak, everything. So I went out there. I performed good, but I wasn't at my best because I had caught those hives. So I didn't think I gave, it wasn't a good showing. I mean, I was running. I ran quick. You know, I did all the things they had me to do. Uh, but it, it, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. It just didn't go from there. So I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, and plus we had, was going through coaches transitioning. We had a new coach come in and really get a, a idea of what's next for me. Should I go play in Canada or anything like that? So nothing happened there. So like my, I, after that combine, uh, I felt like my NFL, my pro or NFL dreams was like done now. Uh, I started getting heavily involved in church right after that. So I started mm. really getting heavily involved in church after that whole experience. So I didn't really go anywhere because I didn't have nobody to mentor me and say, hey, go here, do that. Or I had to have an agent or nothing like that mm. uh, to write mentor me because we was going through all this transition. So I think that was, you know, God's way of saying, oh, OK, it's time to you know put it up a little bit or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, you might get one shot. You know, yeah. you have that one pro day and you get sick or you have a, a bad day. I mean, you maybe still could have, oh, tried to pursue tryouts and this and that. But it's just when you get to that level, you know, you might even if you make an NFL team, they might put you in one play in the preseason and that's your chance. It's just yeah. crazy how cutthroat it is. Oh, it's a business. It's cutthroat for real. I want to see a little bit about your transition into coaching and and training and kind of what, why, why that happened, how it happened, and what some of your philosophy is as a coach. Uh, man, I, you know, one of my greatest co- a coach can impact more people than uh, in a, than a lifetime than anybody will. You know, uh, j- you know, I, I took that quote and ran with that. Uh, I didn't really, man, I didn't really get in. Like, I didn't know how it was gonna be with people. I, I'm a people person, so I love being around people. I'm respectful. But then I got uh, worked at the Boys and Girls Club in Lawrence, mm. and that, uh, that was my. Uh, I was a a, a program direct a program uh, manager there. And I just I started building a club up and I just, you know, I realized, you know what, I got a gift to, to just, you know, a start a football program. And so I started a, the football program there. So I got into coaching uh, almost 20. I've been coaching almost 20 some years, man. And, and 
coaching and training. So that turned out to be uh, a great experience for me. I built a grant. We started out with 12 players uh, one year. And then by year six, we had about 66 players all together, you know, four mm. different teams. So four different teams we built. Got it to, you know, I was a program like the, the you know, the general manager of the whole thing. And I, I was able to uh, produce, you know, great athletes out of that area, out of there uh, with little league football development. Uh, so, uh, man, I just been, I've just been, been a mentor, I've been coaching. I just, I just fall in, I fell in love with coaching after I did that. Uh, and, and I wanted to give, and I was, I'm a details coach. If there's a coach, man, fall in love with the details. Mm. I love the details of just how the process of what it takes to get better and what it takes to just uh, do that as a coach. And, and just and those, you know, those kids that I was working with, they came from the same background I came from, uh, a low poverty area. So I was like, this is my opportunity to give back. It wasn't from my, in my own hometown, but it was a hometown that struggled just I saw those kids struggle just as much as me. So I, I started to make Lawrence my home. I didn't move back. So I stayed in Lawrence and, and just really worked with coaching there. Uh, and, uh, coaching, man, you got to you. Coaching is a different beast, man. You do you really you got to make sure that your private uh, life matches your public rewards. Mm. OK, uh, kids feed off that, man. Like they sense your spirit. They sense your attitude. Uh, and be, and then God checked me. Look, you about to mentor these young boys, and and who's gonna be a light for them? Mm. So that's what trigger. You know, I don't want them to fall in the same trap. I want to get them the opportunity that was given to me. So that's when I fell in love with coaching. You know, like I said, I'm not the smartest guy, but I am gonna outwork and, and like learn and, and and depend on people that's smart that does it better than me. I got so many mentors I talk to when it comes to the uh, coaching game. And I would say all these young coaches out there, man, get you a good mentor coach, man. Like, you know, drop your pride and ego and just really go and go and talk to people that do it better than you, you know, mm. learn from that. So I took that, man. We went in my little league. We had a couple of championships. I've been, co I coach baseball, man. I coach, I have a state championship in, you know, in Minnesota for baseball. I've been coaching there, uh, so I've been coaching for a while, but I just started, I stopped coaching about almost, uh, so I've been coaching. So I stopped coaching in, in about three years ago, maybe four years ago, but I really wanted to give uh, my passion into training development, like development. Uh, I see a lot of, with last, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of this technology. So we was mm -hmm. constantly outside and you was going up against the air. You was constantly doing moves against the air. You know, you was catching rocks. You was catching little bitty things that help you with your eye coordination. Now you got to, you know, a lot of kids are just stuck inside. So I feel like, you know what, what great way to help, you know, those that so that don't really uh, get opportunity to uh, learn how to get better, you know. Uh, mm. So like I wanted to give a one up, just work on skill development. That was my specialty. Well, I love seeing things go full circle. And, you know, in your life, you talk about coming from a difficult background, but your coaches just being a stronghold um, in your life to make you into, into a man. And, and even the, your journey being so, 
so much perseverance and not a smooth road and then you get to college and you talk about being short and how you had to work and all the extra stuff you did and just how all that built something something within you that now you're able to give back and you've been giving that back for decades and uh, it's crazy just when you're going through those hard times you don't see the big picture mm-hmm. and now we can look back and and say wow like everything you went through prepared you for something that was meant for you oh most definitely yeah i seen that yeah you know uh it's it's crazy how that happened man because you know that was a huge step going overcoming and now i'm giving back in such a way and uh giving back in a such a way now you know like i said when it comes to sports and athletic because now got now i see god using athletics as, as a part of my ministry to help people before we get into your testimony i have to ask though do you ever look back and wonder what if you had just gone pro baseball (laughs) man it's crazy my uh my father my brothers i have a lot of my friends they tell me this all the time man you should have went you should have played baseball bro that's how good I they said, man, you was that good. You should have played baseball. Uh I could, you know, I think about that a lot, man. Like uh, I, I, you know, I think I think about that a lot about playing baseball. But man, like now, nah, you know, you it is what it is, you know. That was a, you know, I, I'm coaching it now. I coach it, I train it. So that gets makes me feel accepted into that now that I'm able to coach it and and train. Uh, mm-hmm. makes me still feel connected to baseball in a lot of yeah. ways. So like, yeah, I'd, and that's, and that's, uh, that's, if I had to look back, you know, that's one thing I probably would have just kept doing. I tried to do it at KU, walk on and play baseball, but it, you know, it's just got, I walked on and, you know, it's just, it's just tough because school and all that and everything. Uh, when you're going through that type of, you gotta be, some things gotta give. You can't say yes to everything you know mm-hmm. so it's important you know i mean it's cool when we can look back and say we wouldn't do it any other way but you can't help but wonder like <laughs> has you you know yeah i know but um so you talk about you know getting involved with church you talk about um you know god leading guiding and using your journey but um take us back man in your spiritual life just growing up as a kid and and how you eventually came to encounter god yeah bro man man i'm telling you man it was i thank god for my father man some people think you know my mom was good she was good to us she single mom raised us but my father, man, my father's faith, that's what really led me to Christ. My father's faith was the vehicle that 
helped me to really understand the points of what God can do in your life. Mm. Uh, so watching his exact, watching him go from like alcohol drinking, and then all of a sudden he said he started transforming his life, transforming when he started going to church, accepting God in his life, and he was disciplined in his faith. Man, he would read the Bible every day. Mm. But I, you know, we're watching that because I didn't. I, I was living with my mom. Uh, to like my junior, sophomore year, then I, I stayed to like my sophomore year. I was gonna live with my dad from my junior year on, and I was living with him the whole those times. Just that was the game changer for me, man. Because my dad went through a lot, but also just really seeing what how the blessing that I saw God doing in his life, I was like, how can I? I want that. And, you know, watching his faith grow, watching him read his Bible, pray every day. He was on the deacon board team. And then, you know, as he was on the deacon board and I ended up being a deacon right out of high school, mm. out of college. I mean, I was a deacon of the uh, chairman in, in college. Mm. So that's, you know, not knowing that you, you, don't, you don't know the level of impact that you have in your kids when you, you know, when you when you put God first. And my dad never forced it. He never forced me to believe like that he just lived it out every mm. lived it out and i just he never forced me and i was like man i like man, i just want to get a part of that because his spirit his gentleness his his spirit was different he was kind you know uh i was like man i, I want that so watching his faith and watching him grow in his faith man he that was where my journey and my faith really took to the next level because I'm just saying, coaches, parents out there, you never know the impact you have on your children when you just really put God first. Mm. Uh, watching my dad put God first changed the whole, my whole focus. His even his language changed. He didn't cuss. He started to change. You know, he the whole language. You don't have to be, you know, cause I grew up cussing. You know, I grew up around a household with a lot of cussing, and mm. you know. I didn't know, you know, you can be educated. There's other ways to educate yourself. You had to be cussing all the time. Use other words. And just, be, you know, being respectful. My dad was a gentle heart. So that that's when my faith took off, man. Mm. Uh, and I use that in college today. I use that in college. I read my word every day, especially watching him in high school doing that. So I did carry that over to my college life. I carry that over to every part of my life. Okay, if I'm feeling drifted or, or going a different way, they would. I got to check my relationship with God. Mm. And, and my dad always reminded me of that, you know, you know, check your relationship with God. When you feel the distance, you feel the things ain't going so well. Uh, you know, he prayed for me everywhere I went. He took me to my test. He would pray for me in my test, my ACTs. It didn't work out. He just kept praying for me, you know. So that's when my faith took off, man. Watching his life, watching my father's life, faith. Like, because sometimes everybody's just about your mother, your mother's faith, your mother, mother's faith. But my my side, my dad's faith, man. My dad's faith was was the uh, that took me to the next level. That's cool too, cause it it feels like, you know, you can almost fake it for everyone except for your kids and your wife. Like, you can be out in public and and seem real godly, but your kids and your your spouse, they're gonna know for real if you really are uh, godly by how you act in the home. And it's cool to see, like, your dad, it it was authentic. 
because you as his son, you can testify like I saw this man live this out. And I think like you said, man, if you're a parent, you're a coach, you're a teacher, you're somebody who has daily interaction with, with other people, like you could really have an impact just by being godly and, and pursuing your faith, man. You don't know how it's going to impact your surrounding. So oh, that's cool. Sure. Yes, sir. And so man. now you're, you're a minister. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, man, now I am a, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister, man. I, everybody's a minister. Now I'm, I'm a, everybody's a minister. Uh, but uh, now I'm a pastor. I uh, started, you know, I, we just, I'm in this process of starting a church plant, man, on the, on the native, native uh, reservation. In Turtle Mountain, me and my wife. My wife is from here. I felt the call. My wife didn't. She was like, I don't know about you. I ain't trying to go back there, but I know I don't know. But I, you know, I kept hearing God say, you know, we got we got prophesied over one day. And they said me and my wife would be over a, a native community for doing something. And mm. we didn't understand that. We was like, I don't know what he, I don't know what that means. But now I realized that God was calling us back to the reservation to help you know, young people growing their faith and just continue to help either everybody, you know, be an example, be a, a, a good marriage couple that can, that, that God do honor marriage and God still works through marriage and like uh, being a, being that light, man, you know, you know, that was a huge part for us, a minister. Now, like now, um, like I said, I got my master's in coaching and athletic administration uh, that was my my first one to do that. First one to go to college to do that, and then now my my, my masters. Now I'm pursuing my masters in Christian formation at a North Park Seminary. So to help me, you know, grow. I'm not going to school, man. I don't like school. I'm all this learning. I'm kind of continue learning. And uh, uh, you got to keep continue learning. You can never stop learning. So that's what God's been worth. You got to keep learning. So going mm -hmm. back to school, man, which I did not want to do. But, yeah. you know, but the blessing, the opportunity came open that, you know, we was able to support me to go back to students to get more education, learn how to become a, a pastor man, or just learn how to become a start a church plant. And it's been slow. It ain't been, you know, we it, it will get there. It's been slow through the pandemic and stuff. Uh, but we're moving. You know, God is moving. We starting a church up here and I'm, I'm and I found a way to connect uh, athletics, fitness and faith. I'm con connecting that fitness and faith together. So my business, I, I like to say I'm an entrepreneur. So I got my own business right now. It's called Double R Sports Training, the faith-based LLC program where I really pray for my athletes before we train. Man, I pray with my athletes. I pray. I believe in power and prayer. Mm. Uh, I believe in honor the creator with your gifts and talents. Because if you don't do that, he ain't gonna he ain't increase. But I know when you give it back to the creator, he increases. So. I found a way through my church plant to help me partner, to help grow the faith and fitness side of it and to uh, to grow in that, you know? So that's what I'm doing right now, man. It's, uh, it's been a struggle, but hey, it's been a blessing. I love it. Hey, my encouragement to church planters is um, after three years, Jesus had 12 followers. So, I mean, 
if you're any if you have anywhere near that um you're doing fine amen so, i love it <laughs> um so i ask everyone this question part of why i made this podcast is the idea that i grew up thinking life was all about sports but now i know sports are all about life so i'd like to ask people um of the many lessons that you learn playing sports what's one thing you would say you could take from sports that has impacted your life beyond sports man if there's one thing that stood out to my my whole life man is tough times don't last tough people do mm. okay tough times don't last tough people do but tough people understand that keeping god first is in everything you do will last mm. so that if there's one thing i would say you know don't let the tough times break you don't let the tough not tough times suffocate you don't let the tough times steal your confidence don't let the tough times block you, blind you from fulfilling the purposes that God had for you. Mm. And no matter what it is, you know, you know, God loves tough people. He, God is no punk. He is tough. Mm. <laughs> and, Amen. and we got to endure that, uh, endure that tough times. You face him uh, because that's when your character is revealed in the, and your character is revealed when tough times, you will yeah. know a lot about a person see how they manage when tough times are happening, how they manage that, how they go through that. And that's been for me, but in my life journeys is that, man, you know, uh, I didn't allow the tough times to uh, derail me. Uh, I kept God first, no matter what. Yeah, there's some days I would cry and I would always ask God, why me? Why, why this happening? Why, why, why? But God would say, why not you? Hmm. Why not you? You, hmm. you got, you've been through too much, man. To, uh, you know, I've been through a lot, man, from from being abused to to a lot of overcoming so many different situations that I didn't, didn't you know, thought I would never get out of. Hmm. But by the grace of God, I'm here. So, like I said, don't let tough times break you. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. So, and that's one thing I would say, you know, keep pushing, keep enduring, and keep yeah. the creator first. Keep the creator first in everything you do. Cause he got you. The problem is we leave him, mm. but he don't leave us, mm. but we leave him. And that's when you leave him, that's when these things will start to get worse, mm. but keep him first. He would direct your path. The subtitle of my book is your trials aren't meant to break you. They're meant to mm. make you. Man. And I feel like you just uh, summed that up. So you're on the Dear Young Athlete podcast. You have to complete the statement, Dear Young Athlete. What do you want to say to a younger Roger, to your your players, your trainees? Go for it. Uh, dear Young Athlete, don't let the naysayers stop you from fulfilling your dreams, hmm. including yourself. Uh, including yourself, you must apply the three D's in everything you do. Discipline, dedication, determination equals a winner. When you apply those three D's, 
where you don't let the naysayers of a test, where you don't let the naysayers of thinking you not you come from a bad family. Don't let the naysayers tell you that you can't make it. Don't let the naysayers you too short or you too you're not fast enough or you're not smart enough. Don't let the naysayers be a controlling factor into your future. Mm. Dear your after, you gotta persevere. You gotta keep, you gotta, you got other people that you need to help. Mm. Dear your athlete, there's you may be the only teacher that people may see in your life. You may people are watching, you may be the only teacher somebody's watching you. So how you make an impact is how you live your life, how you make an example, how you uh do it, do the things that is is it's hard. Mm. If it was easy, we'll all be champions, but it's not yeah. gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy, young athlete. Don't let the naysayers stop you. Keep going. Don't let uh, no uh, your color your skin or whatever it is to stop you from fulfilling the God's purpose in your dream. Because what? No man can break you, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Mm. And I just want to tell that to uh, any young athlete. No weapon. God got you. So don't let the naysayers stop you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because somebody. And you may be the only one, or your life may be the only life that someone sees to make sure they their future has been fulfilled. So, mm. you know, make an impact, be the best you can. Don't let the naysayer stop you. And you said sometimes the biggest naysayer is, is yourself. You. <laughs> me versus me. The biggest yep. naysayer is you. Yep. If you get out of your head, if you get out of it, you know, you use you, you in the mirror. You gotta you fight. It's me versus me. Mm. And then when you when you think about that, you you uh, are you getting your way? Uh, you can't get in your own way. You got to get mm. out your way. Allow God to work in you. Allow your dreams. Go get all your dreams, man. Go get it. Don't let don't let nothing stop you. Don't mm. let nobody tell you, no, nah, football's over or this is over. You go until God say it's over. Mm. <laughs> you do. God will give you a no. He'll say no, yes, or not yet. And when you hear it out, until you hear it clear as day, keep going, man. Mm -hmm. Man, Roger, I knew it would be good, but uh, man, it it exceeded my expectations. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Any last final word for the people? Yeah, my last thing is like, look, y'all. You can't be your best self by yourself. Mm. You need good people around you. So getting your support team, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I'd rather have four solid friends, people that are gonna tell you yes and tell you no. Uh, I'll say, you know, you can't be your best self by yourself. Get you a good support team. Get you a good, get around people with high character. Get around people that got the same big giant goals you do because that's gonna be the key to, uh, overcoming a lot of things in your life, you know, getting around people that really support you to see you want to reach your dreams and goals. So that's kind of, you can't be your best self by yourself, man. Mm. So just want to share that. Good word. Sure. Well, man, I appreciate you. And uh, like I said, man, that was great. Thank you. Thank you, JT. Love you, man. Love you. you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Dear Young Athlete podcast make sure you check out our website linked in the description and find out how you could bring Dear Young Athlete to your team 
or your group. Check out our merchandise and use code ALLCAPSDYA20 and take 20% off your first order. Also, consider partnering with us on Patreon. You'll get regular discounts, you'll get exclusive content, and you'll be supporting a great movement. Wherever you're listening, make sure you follow and leave us a review. It really helps the algorithm and helps this podcast reach more people. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.